0: Think on your feet for our fast and curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race, hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events.
1: Chicago police prioritize seizing illegal guns, but a new investigation shows it may not be doing much to improve public safety. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset. Last year, police seized nearly 13,000 guns. The Chicago Police Department says this can save lives. But the nonprofit journalism organization, The Marshall Project, found that this strategy of focusing on possession rather than use of guns is not effectively lowering the number of shootings or helping solve homicides. The Marshall Project also found that Chicago police are arresting Black people for gun possession at far higher rates than people of other races. So let's walk through the findings from that investigation with Lakeidra Chavis, staff writer for the Marshall Project, and Jeff Hing, data reporter for the Marshall Project. All right, Jeff, I want to start with the possession of guns versus the use of guns. Explain how having a gun isn't necessarily a predictor that someone will end up shooting it. What data backs that up?
2: So for a lot of this reporting, we focused on arrest records that don't provide a way to sort of track A person through multiple arrests. But what David Olson and other researchers at Loyola University did, they they looked at a different data set and that data set allowed looking at people's criminal records over the course of time Mm -hmm. for the same person. And, And what they found is that the vast majority of people sentenced to prison for firearm possession offenses weren't arrested for a violent crime within three years of their release from prison. Instead, having a prior conviction for a violent crime was a stronger predictor of a subsequent arrest for violent crime. Mm. And they found similar things uh, within Cook County for those those people sentenced to probation as well as prison. And so if you're looking at people who are causing harm to the, the use of firearms, often They are not the people possessing weapons. They are the people who have a prior history of using those weapons Mm -hmm. and that many, many people who are arrested for possession don't have any prior history of of conviction for a violent crime that includes using that weapon.
1: So, LaKidra, just so we are clear, we're talking here, your work focused on illegal gun possession. Why do people have illegal guns in the first place?
0: Yeah, so the primary reason that we found through our reporting, um, we interviewed dozens of people um, who uh, have been arrested for illegal um, carry uh, here in Chicago. And we found that overwhelmingly people carry guns because they felt unsafe. And oftentimes that was originating from a very real traumatic experience that people had with gun violence, whether it was losing loved ones to gun violence or witnessing um, a shooting, someone being shot at a very young age. Um And this is very um, sort of consistent, the sort of overall reason that people carry guns is consistent um, with uh, data that has shown for decades that the primary reason that people have guns in this country is because they feel a sense of, you know, um, danger or feeling unsafe. Yeah, some sort of threat, right?
1: Uh, How does a traffic stop become an opportunity to search for illegal guns?
0: Yeah. So um, the way that this works in practice, right, when we say get guns off the street, or as you mentioned earlier, CPD is touting getting almost 13,000 guns um, you know, uh, from the streets last year, is that police um, oftentimes we found stop people from minor traffic violations. Think um, expired license plate. They didn't use their turn signal. Um, And then they stop that person, they go over to their car. And what we found from reading um, more than 100 arrest report narratives is that the police officers would note, well, there is a sort of suspicious bulge, you know, um, or we smell um, cannabis and we need to search the vehicle. Um, and people would allow that search to happen. Police would recover a gun, and then people would be arrested for illegal gun possession.
1: Tell us what happened when a a man named Elijah Hudson was, was pulled over. He's one of dozens of folks that you interviewed for this piece.
0: Yeah, so Elisha Hudson is uh, 29 years old. He's a black man, and he was driving home from work um, last October. And he turned into Chicago Avenue um, here downtown, and police officers pulled him over for expired license plates. And we were able to get body camera footage um, of this arrest. And so what we observed is that police officers, you know, ask him for his driver's license, ask him for his registration, and then ask him, you know, is he a gun owner? Are there guns in the vehicle? And very quickly, because Elijah did not immediately respond yes, it just becomes a very escalated situation. Mm. Um, During the course of this stop, you know, 30, about 30 minutes, um, more than a dozen patrol um, cars um, are um, uh, on scene, more than a dozen officers. It just um, escalates. Oh, it just totally fast. escalated. And then at certain, at certain parts of the body camera footage, um, you know, it shows one officer threatening to break Hudson's uh, back car window if he doesn't have a FOID or a CCL. It shows another officer taking Hudson's gun, um, which he had legally, taking that gun and then showing it off to a bystander. Right. Um, so- and by
1: FOID, you mean the the card that allows you to... Uh, yeah.
0: So in Illinois, what you need to be a legal gun owner like Hudson is a firearm owner's identification card, a void card, that costs about $11 online. If you want to have that firearm in public with you concealed, you need a concealed carry license. Right. That is about $150 to apply for it, um, a lot more to take the class. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's what you need to be uh, considered illegal.
1: And there firearm. are long term impacts here, right, of getting charges like this. Talk about that the yeah. long-term impacts on on the life of someone like Elijah.
0: Yeah, so for Elijah specifically, he um found that the situation was very traumatic. Um, But what we found with other people who are arrested for illegal gun possession is that, you know, even if they weren't convicted, right, um, even if they didn't face that felony conviction and they were sent to prison, is that people lost their cars because they are impounded in Chicago and they face, um, you know, a $2,000 towing fee. You got to pay that to get that car back. We found that people, you know, spent thousands of dollars on private attorneys to try to beat their case. Um, And we also found that people were really just sort of slogging through the courts. It took almost, you know, um, over a year for sometimes for these charges to be dropped. So Mm -hmm. lots of varied experiences, but experiences that people felt were quite harmful.
1: Well, here is former CPD Superintendent David Brown defending the tactic of confiscating guns. And I can't say this enough. I'll keep repeating it. Each gun recovered, regardless
0: of how, is a potential life saved.
1: So, Jeff, what do we know about whether getting these guns lowers the number of shootings?
2: Well, uh, the research is is really complex on this. Uh, I think that when we talked to researchers and reviewed a lot of academic studies that were looking at policing practices, we found really mixed results. Uh, When there were some signals that removing guns from through policing, possession, that there was a violence reduction, it was often in very targeted, very targeted areas by very targeted teams. Um, and sort of looking more broadly, empirically in Chicago, sort of in the last few years, we've seen increases of, of, of violence at the same time that we've seen increases of, in arrests for illegal gun possession. And I think it's important to, to look at how looking backwards in, in time, this has always been a big part of what policing in Chicago has looked like, even as viol- violence has risen and fallen. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and and I think the question is really, in the absence of sort of Chico- the Chicago Police Department explaining this tactic at a more granular level... Uh, I, I think it's it's fair to say that many people in the city don't feel safe for a variety of reasons. Yeah. Uh, and and I think it's I think it's worth asking what what is you know what is the metric that were that both really reflects the level of safety that that residents of Chicago want? Is it the number of guns that are pulled off the street every year? Is it the number of arrests for illegal gun possession? Is it the number of shootings or gun homicides? Is it uh, the percentage of arrests uh, of those victims of, of gun violence who have right. arrests in those cases? Yeah. Uh, and, and it's worth paying attention to which, which metrics the police department is most vocal about and you know, whether those reflect what people care about especially in communities that are most impacted by gun violence.
1: Yeah, let's listen to a, a different take from from Brown. Here's what former interim Chicago Police Superintendent Charlie Beck told WBEZ's Chip Mitchell about that strategy. You should not count success by how many guns are taken off the street. You should count success by how many shootings occur in a neighborhood. If your strategy is strictly how many cars can I stop and search, just increase your odds. And you may get more guns that way, but you may alienate the community to the point that they don't talk to you, to the point that you don't solve the crimes that do occur with guns, and that you don't get people off the street for committing those crimes. And in and, and, and doing that, you've not achieved your goal because your real goal is to reduce shootings, not to get guns. So, very different line of thinking there, Lakhidra, uh, from Charlie Beck. Um, what are your thoughts?
0: Well, that is my first time hearing that audio, so I'm really, really surprised. Um, it's really interesting that um, interim, uh, former now interim um, superintendent Charlie Beck had that viewpoint because he was replaced by um, superintendent David Brown, who obviously had a very different approach. Um, you know, during his uh, three-year tenure, CPD was constantly touting the number of gun arrests they were making, the over 10,000 um you know, uh, guns that they were getting off of the street. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, I don't think we are the first ones in Chicago to bring up uh, the the issues with this enforcement. Um, Cook County Public Defender um, Sharon Mitchell Jr. has been quite public about this, as has um, Cook County State's Attorney Kim Fox. And I believe that the response that Brown had at the time to those, um, you know, those concerns was, just to completely reject it and I will say that we sent our findings an entire list of findings to the Chicago Police Department in mid-February I was a while back yes and repeatedly asked them to to help us understand what was going on within the department and to give them an opportunity to comment on what you know what our reporting shows they did not respond
1: Wow well does Taking illegal guns from individuals, does that help reduce gun trafficking? That's another good question here.
0: That is a good question. That is not something that we explored in our reporting. But I will say that when people told us of the ways that they get guns illegally, um one of the things that they had mentioned was um, that sometimes they do they do get guns from people who are trafficking in from Indiana or from a you know a different different uh, state. Um, but when it comes to whether guns were illegal, possession, um, arrest for illegal possession affect gun trafficking, I feel like that is like, that's not the question, right? It should be, why aren't we putting more resources into addressing illegal trafficking? Um, I feel like, you know, in the way that law officials, uh, police officials have talked about this issue um Uh, criminalizing and enforcing, um, you know, illegal gun possession has become a catch-all for Mm -hmm. all of these different types of gun enforcement that are very necessary. Um, But it is ultimately a question about where is the city, where is the county, where is the state putting its resources? Jeff, Black people
1: are disproportionately arrested on these gun charges. Uh, Where are we seeing this happen most in Chicago? Which neighborhoods?
2: That's a great question, um, and, and we in our story we didn't put uh, a map of these dynamics because I think I think many people in, in Chicago are sort of aware of of how there is often one map of Chicago that reflects racial disparities, and uh, whether it's in the number of violence victims, whether it's uh, other health you know other health out- outcomes, and I think that you see that in gun possession arrests. Uh, so neighborhoods on the west side, like Austin, uh, like North Lawndale, neighborhoods on uh, on the south side, like Englewood, West Englewood, South Shore, were all ones where there had a very high number of these kinds of arrests that we've focused on in our reporting. Yeah. Uh, I think it is worth noting that one exception that really stood out to us in the data was the area where... I believe both of you are right now. The near north side, which includes Navy Pier, it includes uh, the Magnificent Mile, it includes some public beaches, Mm -hmm. you know, nightlife districts in River North. In recent years, that was, uh, and and that's the the area in which um, Elijah Hudson was arrested as well. Yeah. Uh, And it really stood out as a, a neighborhood where there was a noticeable increase in the number of gun possession arrests. Uh, to be fair, it's it's an area that's seen recent increases in violence, but uh, the number of arrests in that area hmm. were oftentimes larger than, than in areas that have had a more persistent level of violence right. and even a, a higher level of violence during the same period. And, and so it really uh, raises some questions about what is directing where— guns are being policed and where people are being policed. Mm
1: -hmm. We're almost out of time, but LaKeidra, I'm curious how the two candidates for Chicago mayor, how they responded to your findings.
0: Yes. And, you know, um, voters, residents in Chicago should also check out their public safety plans, which is on their campaign websites. Um, Paul Vallis did not respond um, to our you know request for comment. We also had specific questions about his policies. Um, Brandon Johnson did respond, Okay, um, did not directly address what we found in our reporting. But, you know, he has said in his public safety plan that he really wants to crack down on illegal gun possession to create a unit within CPD to focus on this even more and to also address things we were talking about earlier, like um, gun trafficking. And, you know, he gave us a statement that um, more or less said that he um, wants to, um, you know, address systemic racism within American law for- law enforcement.
1: Nice and generic. All right, Lakeidra Chavis uh, and Jeff Hing of The Marshall Project. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. This episode of Reset was produced by Linnea Dominic and edited by Dan Tucker and Stephanie Kim. Like what you're hearing? Make sure to leave us a rating and a review and be sure to subscribe. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Thanks for listening.